Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from vacation still, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at Friday night, closing out the week here, Nate, uh, with a little eight-game slate, I believe, we've got for tonight. Uh, so a couple of things we're going to look at here. And this one, we are taking a look at Cleveland. They are in Golden State. Uh, looking at a few things with the total there, I believe, but we'll get into all that here in just a minute. Like and subscribe to that page. Check out the other game video we have up for you guys tonight and our player props video that we bring you guys these each and every weekday of the regular season. Also head to thelines.com. That's where we have our great written content for you guys. Nate's got his props and everything up there uh, each and every week day as well. Also have our great odds finder tool and all those articles. You can use that to go ahead and shop these lines and player props to the best of your ability across U.S. sportsbooks. Nate, let's get into these uh, these lines here for tonight uh, and then talk all things Cavs and Dubs. Yeah, first game on the slate, I'll definitely be interested in watching. I don't know where to bet on it, uh, but the Nuggets right now plus four and a half at Boston. That spread growing a little bit. The, the total shrinking to 230 interesting there the way boston plays um offense and not as much defense suns are minus seven at orlando uh the pistons plus nine at the knicks that's pretty big spread there bucks without Giannis or drew in addition to whoever they were missing already plus two and a half at the spurs raptors without pascal minus five and a half at thunder wolves grizzlies that's another one to watch maybe not to bet but plus four right now for mini at Memphis. I think if that gets any smaller, I would take Memphis for sure. Then the games we're going to talk about are on the West Coast. We got Cavs plus two and a half at Warriors. And then the other video right now, the Kings are minus three at the Lakers. It's fluctuated a bit. <clears throat> the spread here, pretty negligible, plus two. I think it opened at, you know, creeping up a little bit for the Cavs. The total actually got down to 228 uh, for a minute. It's been bet up another point. And I would absolutely hammer it if you can get it at 228 or anywhere below 230, I think. Uh, the over is definitely in play when you have these two teams going up against each other, when you have two just absolutely transcendent scorers for, for this as the starting point here. I mean, because Darius Garland is also quickly reestablished himself as an absolute bucket. Karis LeVert can be hot and cold, but if he's hot, then the Cavs are going to light it up here um, against a really, really bad Warriors defense that maybe you could say some of that's skewed by their their long road trip. They didn't play that well on the road. Well, they came home and they did not play well against Sacramento. Defensively, um, they, they allowed the Kings to get up 43s, 33 throw attempts. Warriors are dead last in free throws allowed. And in their last three now, they're allowing 35 free throws a game. Uh, so Garland and Mitchell and Levert should just be getting to the rim at will, getting to the line uh, or kicking out to open shooters. And this season, it's kind of an interesting reverse roads, home road splits where usually the dubs are lower scoring at home, slower at home. Um, not the case, right? At home this year, they're scoring 123 versus 112 on the road. Their pace goes up six possessions from 99 to 105. <clears throat> their defense is a little bit better in terms of rating, but they're still giving up 117 per game. So that adds up to totals of 240 here. They had they opened the season with four of their first five at home. All of those went over. All and, and their one roadie in there at Phoenix went over. And I bring that up because what's Phoenix got? They've got two elite scoring guards um, that can you know come right back if. 
Steph Curry goes nuts. And, and that's pretty much what we come to expect here. My notes here for the Warriors just open with bad defense and then Stephen Curry and all the amazing things he does is a first <laughs> in offensive win shares, offensive box plus minus by a, by a landslide here. Third in PER, uh, despite being second in points per game. And I, I think it's just like a situation where him and, and Mitchell should bring out the best in each other. I mean, they haven't necessarily gotten to shootouts when Donnie was on Utah lately. Uh, that's a completely different scheme and situation. And Donnie, and now just really you see him coming out trying to dispel some of the narratives that surrounded around him because he was associated with that. Uh, sleepwalking jazz team that would just win a bunch of regular season games and then just bow out and people would say oh can Mitchell be the guy you know he's like averaging like 35 a game in the playoffs like what what do you want him to do and now he's on like a a legit loaded team and proving he can be the guy for sure Um, alongside Garland who's happy to defer but then also take over when he needs to Cavs are averaging the seventh most points per game second best three-point percentage they are seven and three to the over right now uh, since their opener. Um, they're they're at the fifth game of a roadie here, so you you know we can get into their home road splits later. But let's just say it again favors overs. And you look at their last two road games; they gave up seventeen threes to the Clippers, including a late run f- to lose that game. Seventeen threes to the Kings and thirty five free throw attempts to the Kings. And, and they're allowing opponents to shoot 40% from three in their last three here on the road. So now you get the Warriors. So uh, if you can't guard the three-point line, you're, you're going to be chasing points. And that's why I think both teams will be scoring a lot here. Totally, man. Um, you did great there. That was that was awesome. I really enjoyed that because there was some really good stuff there. I mean, it's all – I don't – a lot of times we look at stuff, right, we're always looking for, like, different stats. We're looking for angles. Uh, and – we're usually just trying to sort of uh, support a, a claim that we might make with, with solid evidence that, that supports it. There's, but sometimes we have al- al- alternative thoughts where we're like, well, maybe, you know, this could be misleading. I just feel like everything is so solid in what you just said. There's nothing that I could really chip away at, which is, you know, right now at home, the dubs are just a different team. It, 0 and 6 versus 4 and 1, right? Just start there. Um, but then, like you said, you know, when, when I asked you earlier, you know, when we were talking about what we were going to d- discuss, um, you know, oh, you like, I was like, you know, the, the, the Cavs plus two, right? Like the Cavs are a really good team. And when Curry doesn't score, um, you know, close to 40 points I don't know how if the dubs can beat good teams and then I said well maybe there's some dubs home road splits I need to look at real quick before we just say pick the Cavs as underdogs and and that's exactly the case right and uh they're not playing defense anywhere um so you know it's just it's worse on the road um and their offense is way way better at home but their defense is bad everywhere 117 points given up at home obviously when you play at 107 pace that's going to impact it greatly so the rating isn't quite as bad as maybe 117 points sounds um, when you're playing at 107 possessions uh, per, in, in a game. But, um, you know, I guess it, for this one, I, I really I do think uh, there's there's no way to me that um, offense isn't really just in, in, you know, coming in droves in this one. It, it, when you look at what both teams don't do well um, and the fact that I think there's going to be also a good amount of points <clears throat> off of turnovers, there's going to be some sloppiness um, that, you know, Donnie, as good as he's been this season, he is diming up a bit more at, at about six a game. Um, which is definitely the most he's ever had when he was on the Jazz. That was the, the most he would ever have a six uh, a game in a season. That was one time. But 
it's this, you know, also more than three turnovers, right? Uh, so it's, it's all coming at the expense of, of trying to make things happen, uh, having the ball in his hands uh, for just not only the high usage rate, but he's playing 39 minutes a game in all 10 games. Uh, I believe he missed one. So he, he's staying in there. And if he's going to have, you know, even a, a usage rate at close to 30 or more, uh, like he has been, you know, while he's playing 39 minutes in a game, um, you know, then, then yeah, all, all the stats for him uh, and all the things that we'll probably talk about player props we got to continue looking at overs for him and just the fact that he is now uh, taken sort of the, the the team has his identity right in terms of the way that it's scoring as well uh, the way that he's getting into the lane but also the the three-point shooting increasing it's odd to a degree that you know there there isn't uh, better wing defense for them uh, but really at the end of the day when it's he and Garland on the floor and then you've got Karis LeVert as your main ball handler coming in off the you know off the bench uh, not leading to much wing defense once again. That's not surprising either. So yeah, Dubs at home, man. Like they're telling us how they're gonna do things right now. Um, I, you know, look, they're, they're trying to get different guys into the lineup. You're seeing at least one, uh, if not two, of these youngsters between you know guys like Moody uh, and Kaminga uh, and and Wiseman. Uh, mainly those three. One of three of them are, are getting 20 minutes in a game. They're they're making the statement that they're going to be playing these young guys and that they're okay, uh, allowing them to kind of come along and being middle of the pack right now, uh, knowing that they still can sort of continue to make a run and, and sort of find uh, their footing uh, a little bit, you know, as they get closer to, to the playoffs when it's time to grind. So it's right now, I, I'm not I'm not scared of them. Um, but yeah, to your, you know, the point that you made earlier, it's not like I really want to touch the, the, the spread here when I just feel really good about this game being close to 240, if not more. Yeah, I mean, and you talk about playing those young guys and how bad the, that makes the second unit defensively for the Warriors. And then the Cavs can stagger those guys and continue to get buckets. And, and the starting unit just isn't playing good defense for the Warriors. I mean, we keep coming back to it, but it's a big freaking deal when when Draymond Green like could have shattered Jordan Poole's jaw. And now both those guys are kind of playing really poorly this year. And and especially Draymond, you know, his defensive rating the last four here is about 118, which uh, is completely out of the norm for him. And it, yeah. the war, the fact that the Warriors are giving up so many easy buckets, um, such high percentage inside the arc, I believe the second highest, uh, they, yeah. and and all these free throw attempts, it, it, they're not connected. They're not on a string, which is what Draymond does as that leader, as the 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 safety of the of the defense, if you will, um, keeping them connected and, and able to stop really good offensive teams and they haven't even been able to stop pretty bad offensive teams so they're allowing the third most points overall and the third most points in the fourth quarter so it's not like they're even necessarily closing you out <clears throat> um and then yeah clay is not going to be the defensive stopper you need on on donnie mitchell at all so i i think the way these teams trade punches and the way I again come back to the free throws, which is so key. If you're going to bend over, you want to see the opportunity for a lot of free throws here for the for the time stop um, and, and for points to be going up on the board here. I think it's just there's a lot of evidence here. Um, I pretty much went over it. So I think we we stick with that. But the pace, yeah, which you which you come back to, they are leading the league in pace, the Warriors. They closed their long roadie with a 97 pace in New Orleans, uh, trying to slow it down. And so that was an under. Then they come back home and and go right back up to 102 versus Sacramento. Um, And I I mentioned that Sac had plenty of opportunities to get their buckets. I think they they still went over or they went to 229 in that game, right? The the last game. 
pretty close. Uh, but I think that the Cavs have a lot more versatility on offense than the Kings did. Yeah, and and the 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 similarity too will be uh, the fact that the Dubs can't stop the point guard position, uh, as we say. I mean, Clay Thompson's defensive rating is pretty good for this team. It's close to 110, 109 and a half or so. So not awful as an individual defensive rating. But we De'Aaron Fox got his over as we liked in that game. Uh, and I think we feel good about Spida uh, doing the same thing tonight. So the Kings are minus three at the Lakers. Was minus two and a half. I saw it get up to minus four, and now it's creeping a little bit back down here. <laughs> Look, we like the Kings. We we probably would like them <clears throat> up to minus five or so uh, because the Lakers are, let's face it, one of the five worst teams in the NBA, and it's not even debatable at this point. And they don't have LeBron James. He is doubtful. Lonnie Walker, who has actually become maybe their fourth most important player. I mean, depending how much mud you want to sling at those three stars, the big three, like maybe he's better than some of them on a given night. Um, But he's questionable with an illness. And so we don't know. And then Anthony Davis is probable with a lower back, but with Anthony Davis, you can always say probable to go to the locker room if anything happens. Uh, And he just hasn't been the same player this year or recently. And that's why without LeBron, the Lakers have lost 15 of their last 19 games. And the offense, which is already ugly with LeBron in there, who uh, they, they they averaged 12 turnovers to 21 assists. They hit just 10 threes at a 32% clip. And their defense gets even worse, 117 defensive rating. The fact that LeBron happened to uh, lead the NBA in, in negative plus minus, I'm not really going to detract that from him i mean that's more just speaks to how bad the lakers are overall so i don't think that they're going to get somehow get better without lebron james the way we talk about with some other ball dominant guards uh i do think westbrook's going to be a little bit more free to uh do his westbrook thing and pad stats but that that has not led to wins lately i mean they the, the narrative has been, oh, the Westbrook's coming off the bench. They look a little better, but they're still losing by double digits to not particularly great teams. Um, they can't hit threes. And the Kings right now, with Mike Brown at the helm, are playing that kind of pack-it-in defense. We've seen Mike Mike Budenholzer kind of perfect, and Mike Brown's been around a long time. He knows he knows his personnel. He knows how to defend in the NBA. He, he coached the Lakers 10 years ago. He coached LeBron twice. Uh <clears throat> So the the fact that they're allowing the second most three point attempts is is great when you face the Lakers, right? Who, which is dead dead last in three pointers, twenty uh, ninth in makes, and if they don't have Lonnie Walker, that is a huge guy who can who can hit actually hit a shot for them. Um, and then the, the the Lakers defense, while pretty solid in the half court, allowing the fourth most fast break points per game, big trouble. Against the Aaron Fox and company, getting the eighth most fast break points this year. The Kings are a lot better than their four and six record would indicate. And that I feel like we're always saying that when we look at the Kings, like, well, there are a few games below 500, <laughs> but we will definitely take them as road dogs. Uh, and sure enough, I think they've covered in four of their last five in LA or against the Lakers at uh, Crypto slash Staples. The one time they didn't win last January, they still were damn close to covering. Um, and you know who actually did the most damage against them? Um, a, a little shooting guard named Malik Monk, who is now wearing a Kings uniform. So Lakers let another good one go, another another uh, another laser, as LeBron likes to say. And yeah, they just they have no offense. You have no offense. You will have no chance. <laughs> 
Facts. Man, I'm so glad you brought up Malik Monk. I love that guy. Um, throw him on the list. The Caruso, Kuzma, <laughs> KCP, mm-hmm. all the solid wing players. And, and I know he, you know, he's he's a tall guard, not the best offensive player, but like, I don't know, there was a string last year where like he kind of carried them to like I think they won like four out of six uh, and our man's was averaging 20 plus in that, in that stretch. So, um, you know, it, same concept here. He's up to his game. It's been a, t- a tale, a tale of two halves in a way for this team. Easy for me to say uh, in the, in the 11 or 10 games that they've played so far this season um, for, for the Kings, right? Like the first four versus the last six um, and, and everything they've done in the last six is that like, like what you said, it's almost like they needed a few games to kind of get into Mike Brown's flow uh, and the way that he wanted this offense to work, right? So uh, at first, it, it was still them struggling to be able to, to, to hit threes um, outside of really Keegan Murray, who was really solid in the, in the first four. Weirdly, there's this sort of uh, cor- anti-correlation, if you will, um, negative correlation where uh, Keegan Murray was really good in the first four and they weren't winning. He's been really bad in the last six and they have been winning. Um, but it, it's also, it ties to the exact same, uh, another inverse trend there where Sabonis was awful in his first four and he's very, very good in his last six, right? And sort of found his flow in the game. He's gotten to the line a couple more times in his last six um, a game. He's gotten uh, his, his field, he's raised his field goal percentage from 50 to 57%, which is really a huge deal for someone who's not shooting more than one three a game at the most uh, when he even does get a three point attempt because he's doing everything from inside the arc as we know. Um, so getting to the free throw line, increasing that field goal percentage is huge for him. That's why he's got six more points a game, another board uh, a game more so. So and the same six assists, which he's looked really good passing for this team uh, in and out of the, the post. So, um, yeah, and in the, in the last six for them, they've turned it around to become the sixth best offense in the league. They've upped their, their true shooting percentage to third best in the league. Um, they're still hitting, you know, uh, this is what their team is now. It's the opposite of last season in terms of, uh, you know, the fifth most per, uh, highest percentage of their points off of three. Um, but they're also getting defensive rebounds, which they weren't doing last season. They were getting more offensive rebounds. They were doing more Rashawn Holmes style things where he was getting obviously closer to 30 minutes a game last year. Now he's down to about 12 and is a backup center, which no disrespect to the man, but like he's not, he, he shouldn't be a starting center or power forward on a team that you expect to win at least 50% of its games. And, and I think this year at four and six right now, like you said, it's, it's a little bit misleading. Uh, I'm not even going to go ahead and continue to talk about the Lakers. If they don't have LeBron, just whatever, call it, just call it. Um, Lonnie Walker, if he's not playing, which it doesn't seem like as well, not helpful, but I, I wouldn't really care if he was. This is just one of the worst teams in the league without LeBron. We can't even piss on his, on his plus minus because they have have the second worst plus minus overall as a team. Like you were saying, it's not about him. It's about this team overall. So uh, without him, they're even worse than the second worst team in the league, let's say right now, at least the worst offense in the league. Um, so I, I would be scared to take points of any kind, even though both these teams are playing at two of the fastest paces, uh, the, the Lakers, the fastest pace, and then the Kings are like ninth fastest in the league. Um, so, I, But I would take a Kings over um, and, and I would continue to feel good about some of these Kings uh, players and, and maybe a few of their props as like just it's it's, it's over for the Lakers. This is a, a wonderful example of uh, a great opportunity that we had to take the Kings over in wins, which we feel good about again, uh, and still feel really great about the Lakers under in wins, which I'll remind everyone was at 52 and a half. They are two and nine. It was 45 and a half, I think. Oh, was that, oh am I wrong? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Clippers, it was that was way overcast That's what, right. at 50 right, right. plus, and we were like, oh, absolutely not. Right. Um, and right. my... 
like full capitulation, I was trying to short the Lakers in a positive way and say LeBron and AD are going to have a revenge season and they're going to get over this win total. And boy, that looks stupid. But now we get a chance to bet in the season, of course. Uh, And (laughs) you talk about LeBron being out. I think the one angle to look at there is with some props. I don't really have the confidence to make it one of our biggest picks here, but Westbrook, I mean, yeah. these these are kind of high, though. 21.5 points, 37.5 PRA for Westbrook on FanDuel. That's the first thing to open up here. I am kind of interested in that, though, um, and the under, actually, in Anthony Davis at 25.5 because, again, I I mean, yeah. if, if you know what it's like when you get over 30 and you have lower back tightness and you go out there and try to play basketball, it, it usually doesn't end well. Uh, after, like, two jumps, you're like, oh, there goes the back. And we know Anthony Davis doesn't usually gut gut these things out. I mean, no, no disrespect in any way. It's just like, yeah, you're if you're hurt, you early in the season, you're probably going to bow out. Even without LeBron, he had 25 against the Kings this last time out, and now they're just a much better interior defensive team. Rayshon Holmes, who, you know, they can just throw out there as a primary defender on Davis. Um, they usually alternate between him and Sabonis, but they sacrifice some offense without Sabonis out there. I mean, you can go double big against this Lakers team because they don't they don't have good perimeter play. So I think Mike Brown has plenty of options to try to slow Davis down and you're you're actually getting a slight plus odds on him to go under 25 and a half. So <clears throat> little bonus player props pick there. Yeah, a little bonus for you. No, I, I dig it all and, and I, yeah, just kings in this one, man. This is uh this line is misconstrued, right? Like I this this can't possibly be correct. Uh I think Maybe still this early in the season, uh, if you see a, a line that involves a, a game with the Kings and the Lakers, we're all just conditioned for more than two the last two to three decades to just take the Lakers, and that's why it still remains around three. Um, but I, I would take this. I, I, I'm probably going to adjust this line for the Kings. I think that the way that they've been playing the last six games is who they are uh, rather than the way that they started the season. So You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and kick things off with your first play, a prop for tonight. Um, Nikola Jokic in the first game on the slate here with the Celtics hosting the Nuggets. That total opened at 233, and it's crept down to 229. And if it keeps going down, I think you could look at the over here. I mean, two of the most efficient offenses in the league, not necessarily great interior defenses uh with rob williams out the celtics are what 24th in defensive rating this year and also same in free throw rate and you i think Jokic at 23 and a half points here it's low because he hasn't hit that in three his last three against the celtics uh he only got 10 free throw attempts in those three games he shot 17 for 43 from the floor and I credit Rob Williams with a lot of that defense. And, and then his, his 
two meetings prior against Boston when Rob was coming off the bench was still a factor, but not their main defensive stopper. Joker had 43 and 30. I mean, you can't hold down the MVP forever. Uh, He did have exactly 23 in his last two against the Celtics. And we're looking at a little bit of extra rest for him. Uh, In their last game at Indy, the Nuggets, he played only 24 minutes due to foul trouble. He had 21 points on a 43% usage rate. That is a season high by far. It was already starting to ramp up to a little bit, him looking to score more. I mean, early in the season, clearly they're looking at making an effort to get Murray and Porter more integrated on offense. And Porter is still firing away. But the Nuggets, they know they got to win games here. This is not an easy game where you can just choose who you want to get going. They're going to need Jokic's offense uh, against the Celtics team that is just lighting it up on the other side of the floor. So I I see him getting over that with the points for sure. Also, the rebounds is uh, you add 11 rebounds. You get 34 and a half for points and rebounds. I would tack that on as well. Celtics give up the fourth most rebounds per game to centers right now. Uh, They are not crashing the glass. They shoot a lot of threes, and that means reasonable uh, rebounds. And then, again, yeah, with the extra rest, last year when when Joker had two days of rest, he averaged 15 boards a game, which is like one and a half more than he did in normal situations. So I think he will be giving you a nice double-double here uh, to get you over that prop if you want to combine it. Yeah, I'm I'm with it, man. I mean – I think the Celtics are going to win this game for sure, to be honest with you. I, I like them a lot. I mean, the, the, the Nuggets not showing much on the road, to be honest with you, especially against the spread, and it's not too big. But I, I'm not too worried about a blowout. I suppose I could see one, right? Like, I could see a, a C's blowout tonight, to be honest with you. But, um, look, with Joker, yeah, the, the way he's been playing, it's it's been a little bit less about the points with him this season. Um, so I, I might be inclined to, to go ahead and take uh, the rebounds as well. Uh, but still, you know, because I, I feel good about him getting double digits. It's about 11, in, including that, on top of the points. So I, I think that's where, where my uh, preference lies. But uh, I'm not going to fight you on, on anything you do with, with Joker tonight against a team that doesn't have Rob Will III. So... Um, moving on to a game that we did talk about there with that Dubs and Cavs game in Golden State. Mr. Spider Mitchell, we hinted uh, very strongly that we'd be talking about him in this player props video. His point sits at 27.5. Over that is minus 110 at D- uh, on DK. 30 plus in, in the W is really, really nice. It's about 3 to 1 on your money on FanDuel specifically. Plus 290 is where that's got the best price for you guys. Um, I, I consider it, I, I do feel, I, I don't feel strongly about one of these teams winning. Um, I, I feel like I'd get bitten in the ass if I felt, if I if I just kind of come out here boldly and claim that the dubs are, or that the, the Cavs are going to beat the dubs at home. 4 and 1 are the dubs at home. But I, I do love the points in this one. I mean, he's averaging well, well more than the 27 and a half there, about 32 a game on the season, which is good for third best. Uh, he's actually averaging six more at home, Nate. So thirty-four per game points per game on the uh, road this season. Six more on the yeah, road. I meant the road. Yeah, we're on the road. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, six more on the road where they're playing tonight. Thirty-four per game on the road. Um, so you feel even better about that. His uh, offensive rating on the road is one hundred and thirty-one individually, thirty-one and a half percent usage rate. Right. So he's he's continuing uh, to to play a lot of minutes as we talked about thirty-nine a game, which is the most in the league. Uh, with the you know still just the thirteenth highest per, uh, usage rate, which is wild. 30 
31% is still a very, very high usage rate, um, but actually it's outside the top 10. Um, but he's also, you know, we talk about the dubs in that video. We talk about the dubs really, really bad on defense, really bad on defense in the fourth quarter where they give up the most points a, a game. Donnie's uh, actually third, second most, really. Seth Curry's in there with a one in the fourth, one fourth quarter he's played this year. He had like 13 points, but Kyrie is only player who's actually played a few games this season uh, that has more points per game than Donnie, who's chucking up uh, about six shots per uh, per fourth quarter, right? So in that fourth quarter, I think you expect him to come alive, which is also why I kind of feel better about the the, the Cavs, who have been uh, actually come back twice now while they were uh, not they were down going into a fourth quarter that they won a game by double digits because Donnie kind of goes off. So I feel really good about him getting 30 points in this one, and I'm probably going to be a sucker enough to to sprinkle some on that three to one for the 30 points and a W for the Cavs. Yeah, I think there's a there's a narrative there for that. I mean, the Cavs are damn good, yeah. and they've kind of done a double trap game leading up to this one. They're on a five-game roadie. They dropped them at the Clippers. They had the Clippers buried and then gave up a 17-2 run to lose yeah. that game. Then they lost to the Kings, so who, who we like. Um, and and I think you know they're looking ahead at this one, which is your, your one chance to beat the Warriors at their house, uh, Donnie Mitchell. Yeah. Of course, we'll we'll be happy to trade buckets with Steph Curry and company. The Warriors playing no defense; they're playing at the fastest pace in the league. As a fan, you want to see both those guys hit their props tonight. It's him and Steph, and, and just treat us to a shootout. And that's why I don't think we're we're yeah. really betting the line in any, in any way. It really just depends on it, it'll be a make or miss situation. But I think both offenses should have plenty of Come flow going. <clears throat> yeah. um, the Knicks and are minus nine at home which is the biggest part that makes me worry about taking an over on one of their main guys here. Julius Randle, the the points right now are 20 and a half, and he's been getting buckets inside and out. I'm more interested, I think, in him to hit three threes, which is a plus 140, I think you can get it at different uh, sites right now. He's been feeling himself from three, and, and it's completely unsustainable for him to have shot 53% here in the last three, hit 15 threes. But, you know, maybe we can squeeze one more game where he at least hits a few or at least feels confident enough to fire double digit. What he went eight for 13 the other night Um, and the net. I mean, against the Pistons, he shot five for 17 his last four. So they're probably not going to be closing out that hard on him. Right. They'd be like, all right, you want to try to beat us from there? Sure. Detroit is a obviously a poor defensive team, which is the biggest concern. Because they lost 130 to 106 earlier this season to the Knicks. It was quick work. Randall had 15 points in 25 minutes. Um, you know, in closer games, though, he's he's up to 28 points per game on a 29% usage rate in those last three. He's getting fed the ball now that he doesn't have to play some sort of weird point forward. Uh, and Detroit does allow the fourth most points to power forwards, fourth most paint points, fifth most rebounds to power forwards. So if if Detroit can stay close, I think he he has a very good chance to get over his scoring and rebounding props. But I think you could get the threes even if it is a blowout, and and Randall just continues to to be a streaky shooter and, and hit a few from deep. Yeah, I mean it's actually more surprising to me that he's taken 
basically 10 a game in the last three than anything. But that is a little bit more of the current way that the Knicks are playing as we see the ball in Brunson's hands a bit more. Um, and, and so, the, you know, guys are spread out a bit more. And then guys like Randall and, and, and RJ are also either able to shoot or preferably, honestly, a lot of times drive or slash uh, from that that position. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I didn't know which Nick I wanted to take. I let you you, you talk uh, us both into to Randall. Uh, and I don't feel bad about that one either. But I honestly don't have a problem uh, if you wanted to get uh, even Brunson or RJ. Um, both those guys are, are, are like to, to be able to go off. I, RJ plays a little bit more of that four. It's tough to kind of pin these guys into a, a specific position to say who, you know, does or doesn't play well against their position as RJ uh, and, and uh, Julius oftentimes play a very similar position just on opposite sides of the floor. So, yeah, look, e- either way, like, I, I'm not going to tell you not to take any of those guys. Um, I would be a little bit worried about the blowout. I mean, the Knicks have been better against bad teams this season and have not been able uh, to handle some of the better teams that have actually gotten handled by those better teams. So I think this is another opportunity for them to win. I just I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain another blowout like they did against the Pistons last time uh, in Detroit. So uh, I'm going to finish off the, the props here tonight, Nate, with Brooke Lopez. Uh, look, he played 46 minutes last game against the Thunder. Um, I know they went to overtime and Javon Carter was more the hero in that one, um, but he got well over the prop that he's got in this game. 17 and a half points. I think I'm going with the rebounds at seven and a half uh, over, over that, to be honest. And, and I'm not going to, I would, I would take the points as well against this Spurs team. That is just so, so bad on defense, like, like so, so bad on defense. Um, one of the worst, uh, definitely the worst defensive rating. And then just in terms of allowing uh, teams to do uh, everything in the paint and three point. <laughs> which is the two most important spots on the court, right? All around the three-point line. They're third worst in the paint. They allow the most points to the Spurs. So that's where Brooke does all of his work, right? It's either going to be in the paint getting rebounds on offense or he's going to be outside, you know, getting a, getting a three-point attempt. He had 21 three-point attempts in this last, or excuse me, uh, field goal attempts, excuse me, uh, 23 field goal attempts in those 46 minutes with a 23% usage rate uh, in that last game where there was no Giannis, there was no Drew, there's no Chris Middleton, no Pat Connaughton, no Joe Ingles, right? Like, so this is it. It's him and Jordan Nawara, uh, who are going to be getting the usage rates for, uh, for this team tonight. Um, and, and I feel pretty good about Brooke able to get those, those with, uh, in, in that situation. Um, the last four games without Giannis, uh, dating all, all of the, in this calendar year, but dating back to last season, 19 points a game, five boards. That's all in 24 minutes. Uh, you got to assume that he's playing the, you know, closer to roughly 35 minutes tonight uh, that you would expect him to get as opposed to more of that bench role that he normally plays when Giannis isn't in. Uh, last season, the only reason I think he got 24 minutes a game when, when Giannis wasn't playing was Brooke was actually coming back from injury and Drew and Chris were both playing in those games, both of whom will not be there tonight. I already told you how bad San Antonio is on defense. They also are specifically bad. Obviously, if they're giving up a ton of points in the paint, it's because they're giving those up to opposing centers where they do allow uh, the fifth most points and the eighth eighth most rebounds. So it's Brooke Lopez, man, against this really bad team. He's still a really good, efficient offensive player. So I'm going to feel good about that. I don't feel good about this at all. I mean, the fact that he put up that huge line and played so many minutes two nights ago and the fact that the line opens with the Bucks as underdogs and you're like, hang on, why are the Bucks under? Oh, because nobody's playing and they might just be yeah. taking a scheduled loss. And the fact that it's the Spurs who, while they're bad, I mean, they're never undisciplined, right? They know how to handle their personnel. And, and Brolo, granted, on much lower usage, Averages 10 points and under five boards in six against the Spurs. Uh, I mean, he does have Giannis out there a lot. I mean, I think we we would have rather taken one of the guards or wings here on the Bucks. The props just aren't out yet. Um, 
It's actually the rookie Beauchamp. Bo- Bo- I don't know how to pronounce it. Beauchamp. Who played Beauchamp, who played 30 minutes last time. I think I'd be interested in him or Grayson Allen, who had foul trouble against the Thunder last time. Um, I, I think I'd be interested in either of those guys seeing a spike in usage rather than it being the Javon Carter Brolo show in a second consecutive game because those guys are old and I don't think you're going to expect them to carry your offense on a nightly basis uh, with that when your two stars are out. So I think look for the young guys more in this matchup. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing there for us for me to look at right now. Um, but I stand by what I said with with, with Brolo in this one. Javon Carter had one of the greatest quotes uh, the other night after the game when they won 136, 132 in overtime. Uh, and the reporter asked him, Javon, when did you know that you were gonna have? A, when did you? When when did it come to you that you realized you were gonna have a big night tonight? He goes, When I woke up. So I love that confidence for that bit. Uh, that is all the time we have for you in these props tonight. Looking to close out the week strong after another solid week with these player props. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. And until we see you next on Monday, happy betting. <laughs>